spiritual bad bitch is something that I see as it's a magnetizing essence of a woman being in herself, in her divinity, and also like in her human. And so I believe really heavily in integrating the human and the what people might call 5D. I don't really like to use labels in spirituality, but I really feel like being a spiritual bad bitch is about integrating your human qualities, including your ego and like also your um, spiritual essence. And it, it's an energy. It's a magnetizing all in herself, confident, you know, of course, being of the world and of service type of energy that just gives it emanates in the world like I'm that bitch, but also like I'm so divine and I'm in my essence and I totally trust who I am like in the God sense. Your dreams can be your reality. You all, time isn't real. Okay, that is fucking crazy. Spirituality, manifestation, travel, money, entrepreneurship. Welcome to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Wright. Hello, 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 and welcome back to my non-expert opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and I'm going to lift the veil a little bit and let you all know what's going on behind the scenes right now. I am currently in Mallorca, Spain, recording this in an Airbnb, so I'm right next to the patio, so if you hear any birds or any scooters or any people, that's what's going on. And yeah, I am over here actually healing from a heartbreak, and I just want you all to know I am okay It's something that obviously time will heal, but it really was the best decision for both of us. And yeah, if you've been following me on social media and you're like, what is she talking about? What is she going through? I obviously wanted to wait for the right time to really open up about it. And it's still too fresh to get into. And it's still, you know, regarding someone else's privacy. And I want to make sure that I'm respecting them, but yeah, that's why I'm traveling. That's why I am figuring out my next steps in life. That's the new chapter I'm referencing in social media right now. And that's why I'm by the water in Spain. I really love the water. I love the ocean. I love the sunshine. And I thought this was the best medicine. So that's why I'm here. And yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing for the next month. My sister is actually going to come visit in a few weeks and we're going to travel around Europe together, especially while things are open. We want to take advantage of that. And I have been planning for a very long time to take a long vacation in August. And now I'm going to go with my sister. So that's very exciting. And like I said, I'm okay. It was a mutual breakup and like I said, time heals all and I'm sure traveling and being around family soon will help as well. But for those that have been reaching out and do know what's going on, I want you to know, I appreciate you so, so much. Like it honestly makes me emotional thinking of how many people that I haven't even met in person that have reached out to check in on me is incredible. People just offering to hold space for me and let me vent and jump on a call and even clients just checking in on me and holding space for me is, I mean, it really means the world. And I truly, I don't think I'll ever be able to express how truly grateful I am, but I figured on this podcast and expressing it out loud was one of the best ways for you all to know that it does not go unnoticed, especially traveling alone right now. Every single message, every single Voxer or text or email means the absolute world to me. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart and just know I will be okay. I just have to sort some things out. You know, I did have a whole life in Germany with my ex and now 
figuring out those next steps is going to be something that is going to take a while, but it's not impossible. It's not something that I can't get through. And like I said, your support is honestly what helps me through this. I was thinking about this today too. And I'm like, I actually think the podcast is something that helps me because it's a way for me to process. And when I process on the podcast and like really speak out loud into the airways, what's going on, it kind of does lift something off my chest and off my shoulders. And it feels so good to just share. And I feel like I am more vulnerable on the podcast because I'm just by myself and I can speak into a microphone. And that's something that means a lot to me is that I can just share these sides of me and know that anybody listening is going to either hear me or support me or witness me or whatever the case is. And again, that just means the world to me. And it's why I love podcasting. So also with the um, travels coming up, you're going to be hearing a lot of guest episodes. I recorded so many over the summer with incredible, incredible people. And I want to drop those all through August so that you can hear some of these powerful conversations. And I talked about so many different things. I mean, business, entrepreneurship, plastic surgery, astrology. We got into it all with so many different guests. I'm so excited for you to hear from them. And then I'm also going to be sprinkling in some bonus episodes throughout August to promote my one-on-one podcast coaching, as well as mic drop. So if you've been wanting to start your own podcast or have some help in growing or scaling it, then I would definitely recommend checking out these offers. Mic drop is going to be a four week course launching mid September, and that's going to be all about how to launch your podcast. So all the tech, all the cover art, recording, interviewing, storytelling, all that stuff that comes with podcasting is going to be covered in mic drop. And it's actually open for early bird enrollment right now. So you have $97 off the full price, which is regularly $997. Right now it's just $900. And there's a payment plan where you can split the payment into two. That expires on August 15th. And then it will go back up to regular price on August 16th. And the first five people to sign up will get a one-on-one 90 minute call with me. I don't offer these publicly. So if you do want to have that consult with me, I recommend snagging one of those five spots before they go. And again, the early bird pricing does end on August 15th. And I'm really excited about this course because I know so many of you want to start a podcast just like I did four years ago. I actually stalled on launching my own podcast for like a year because I was so overwhelmed with the steps. And then I would start and start freaking out. And I was like, I, I don't know how to do this. And I just had to learn it the hard way. But now that I've been doing this for four years, I can assure you it is not as hard as a lot of us make it seem. And I laid out a really simple process for you to launch your own podcast. So again, that is mic drop. That's a group course starting mid September with early bird open until August 15th. And if you want to work one-on-one, I also have spots open for that. I currently have four spaces left, and this is for people that want to launch their podcast, but go a bit deeper and also focus on growth and scaling. So some of my clients have already launched their podcast within our first few months of coaching, and now we're focused on the growth, the scaling, how to format, how to work with their energy, how to repurpose content, how to coordinate pod swaps. That all comes with one-on-one coaching and one-on-one coaching clients also get access to mic drop. So that's automatic access for free as a private client. And if you're interested in that, then you can head to my website at chelsearipe.com and head to the one-on-one podcast coaching page where you'll actually find the application. Of course, I will link all this in the show notes. You can check those out and DM me with any questions. If you're not sure which one is for you, or you do have a podcast, you're not sure if mic drops for you, or you're not sure if one-on-one coaching is for you, 
just hit me up on Instagram and I'm happy to give you my honest take. You all know I'm very transparent and honest on this podcast. So I'll let you know which one I think you're a fit for. Or if maybe you're just like ideating and you don't think you can commit to even launching a podcast right now, I would say just wait. There's no rush at all. But I do absolutely think right now is the perfect time to get into podcasting. If you listened to my podcast last week, The Power of Podcasting, you'll understand why I'm so passionate about not only just launching a podcast, but stepping into their voice, like using their power, using their voice as that channel. That's why I love podcasting. It's not just to help you like grow your business or express yourself. Those are amazing reasons. It's also because I really think it helps develop confidence. Like I said earlier in this introduction, I feel like I'm more vulnerable and more confident and more myself because of my podcast. And that's what I love to see with clients launching their own is like, they're really owning all these parts of themselves and expressing themselves in a different way. So like I said, if you want to launch your own or grow yours and scale and talk about what next steps are with your podcast, I definitely recommend checking these out and they will be in the show notes. As for today's podcast, the guest is Fallon Satterfield, who is an incredible person, an incredible woman. She was actually one of the funniest interviews I've done in a while. We were like giggling and laughing and she's just so lighthearted and spiritual and grounded. And she's just a bad bitch. She calls herself the OG spiritual bad bitch, which I couldn't agree more with that title. I actually took a three-day workshop with her in January called the spiritual bad bitch upgrade. And it was one of my favorite courses I've taken. I wouldn't even call it a course. It was like a three-day, um, more of like an experience to be honest, where, we were just really stepping into being multifaceted. And that's something that I think the first six months of my business, I was not doing. I've talked about this a lot on this podcast is I really put myself in a box the first six months, just regurgitating information and being a parrot and not being myself where when I saw Fallon, really owning all these sides of her and promoting them online and doing classes that focus on different things and calling herself a spiritual bad bitch. I was like, who is this person? I need to be in her energy. And so I took that three day experience and I swear it changed the trajectory of my whole business. You can even go back to my post in January and like, see there was a shift. And that was definitely because of Fallon's work. And I even did a one-on-one call with her after that whole entire experience. And she helped me with one of my courses, which ended up being a very successful five-day course. It was incredible. And it just shows how much Fallon knows her shit and how much of a spiritual bad bitch she really is on top of just the wealth of knowledge that she holds. We talked about so many things on this episode. I mean, astrology, plastic surgery, the coaching industry, promoting your monthly income numbers. I mean, I I don't know what we didn't cover, to be honest. I'm like shocked at what we got through within 60 minutes. So I think you're going to love Fallon just as much as I do. And you're going to laugh because we, we really like had a fun time recording this. So make sure you follow Fallon and support her work. She is an incredible person. She has so many amazing perspectives and make sure you follow me at Chelsea Rife and tag us on Instagram stories. If you like what you heard. And one last thing before we dive into the episode, if anybody that leaves a review for the month of July is getting entered into a giveaway to an access to magnetic manifestation 101, this is a three-day course that I ran. That's all about the practicalities of manifestation, about subconscious work, about nervous system regulation, as well as future casting and visualizing. It's very, very pragmatic. If you you know me, you know, that's part of my personality. I like to make things digestible and easy to follow. 
So that is what the giveaway for July is. And I'm going to do one every single month. So stay tuned for August. But again, all you have to do is send a screenshot into info at chelsearipe.com with your review or DM me at Chelsea Ripe and you'll be entered into that giveaway. If you want to purchase that course, you can just head to chelsearipe.com and go to courses and you'll find all my courses there as well as workshops. And again, mic drop enrollment as well as my one-on-one podcast coaching. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode with Fallon Satterfield, the OG spiritual bad bitch. Okay, everyone, you are in for a special treat today. I have the firecracker and spiritual bad bitch herself, Fallon Satterfield on Welcome to the show, Fallon. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited. I have never been more excited for such a juicy conversation because I know we are about to get like deep into transparency and context, which I feel like you're the queen of. And oh, I really yeah. wanted to kick off with the spiritual bad bitch piece of your brand and how you really identify. Like, what does it mean to be a spiritual bad bitch? And where did that whole brand come from? Mm, Yes. Okay. So spiritual bad bitch is something that I see as it's a magnetizing essence of a woman being in herself, in her divinity, and also like in her human. And so I believe really heavily in integrating the human and the, what people might call 5D. I don't really like to use labels and spirituality, but I really feel like being a spiritual bad bitch is about integrating your human qualities, including your ego and like also your um, spiritual essence. And it, it's an energy. It's a magnetizing all in herself, confident, you know, of course, being of the world and of service type of energy that just gives it emanates in the world like I'm that bitch, but also like I'm so divine and I'm in my essence and I totally trust who I am like in the God sense. So yeah. Oh, I love that. And that's become (laughs) like your full brand now. That's what your podcast is about. I mean, I've actually, I remember I found you from one of your lives and I was just so like magnetized to your beauty. But then your message was also like, Oh shit. She's like really <laughs> calling some people out. She's really getting into it. And I remember being like, she's articulating what a lot of people are thinking, but mm-hmm. she's not scared to say it. And yeah. so before we get into some of those topics, have you always been like that? Or was that something you developed over the last few years? It's really something that I've developed over the last few years, mainly because I grew up in that environment where, you know, I'm from a small town in Indiana. You know, you got to keep with the tradition. You got to respect your elders. You got to keep your comments to yourself, stay out of adult conversations, you know, stay in a child's place. So I really grew up with that mentality of like, you know, I can't express myself in certain ways and I have to show up in the world respectfully how other people would see that. And so I started to develop my voice when I did come into the online space and I was seeing myself in a, in a, recognizing myself in a space, I should say, where I wasn't being my authentic self. And I started to have those feelings of like, like, who am I? What am I doing? Like, what's the purpose behind this? Really asking myself like questions 
based on the fact that I was feeling so unaligned with my message. And so like I was regurgitating what other people were saying or that, you know, it wasn't really truly coming from me more so of like an image that I felt like I had to curate. And so once I discovered that I was doing that, which a lot of people do that in the online space, I was like, fuck this. Like, who am I? Like, I'm about to design myself. I'm going to actually tap into who I am as a person, as a soul, as, you know, an Aquarius moon, Virgo sun, Libra rising, like who am I? And then from there, it was really just about intentionally showing up with like really speaking about, about what was on my heart. And when you came into the online space, was your goal to be a content creator, an influencer, a coach? Like what was your your whole idea of like coming into the online space. Oh my God. So like I had this idea that I was going to be like a coach and like have this like whole brand that was like coaching. And even just that word now I'm like sitting with it. I'm like, Oh my God, that is not me. Like I am not a coach. I don't even really like to force myself into titles or boxes. But again, like when you come into the space, there's so much noise and you're seeing what everyone else is doing, how everyone else is creating success and how they're defining themselves and how them defining themselves in that way created their success. And you're like, Oh my God, like, yeah, I'm going to be a coach with like 200 people in a group coaching program. Like, fuck no. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So you came in like, I'm going to be a coach. And then you were like, uh, just skirt, turn around for me. (laughs) No. And And, you know, it's interesting because um, I feel like as you enter into spaces and you start uncovering your true self, because I feel like every experience we have in life, you uncover a deeper part of yourself and you get to know yourself in a different way and you get to choose to pivot and, and define yourself. I really feel like having started in that space of thinking that I was going to be in the coaching industry really helped me to tap into the different aspects of myself from an astrology perspective, from a voice perspective. And that also helped guide me into the direction of where I am now, which is what I would consider just fucking being a multi-dimensional, multifaceted spiritual bad bitch who, you know, I podcast, I have courses, I talk about marketing and business, I talk about spirituality. So I, it's really just me expressing myself and building a personal brand. Oh, I love that. And I feel like you've given so many women the permission to be like, yeah, I don't need to stick into a label or a box. And I felt the same when I got in the coaching industry. I was like, Ooh, I want to be a coach. And then it was like, join this mastermind. And no, you got to do it this way. You got to do a 90 day accelerator. You got to do a group program. And I just felt for six months that I was in this mastermind that I was so not myself, like what you were experiencing where you're like, who am I? Like, this is not what I want to be. And I want to bring up something that I thought was so funny and you articulated it perfectly. I would see all these coaches with this, I help statement in their bio. (laughs) I help women do this. I help women do this. And then I saw someone say, yeah, I paid a coach a thousand dollars to help me with my, I help statement. And I'm like, am I on another (laughs) planet? Like, and then I was freaking out. Like maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Maybe I need the, I help statement. And then all of a sudden you come out with this message, like, what the fuck is going on with the I help statement? So Mm -hmm. can you like, just let it all out? Like what? Oh yeah. Like, Oh, I don't even know what the question is. I just want to like vent a little bit about the I help statements. And it seems like you really noticed that too. And you're like, "Uh, what are we all doing? Why are we all fitting ourselves into these little boxes? In some regards, while I feel like there are plenty of coaches and people in the online space who 
genuinely are their brands and their programs and what they do are of service. There are also those people and those brands who genuinely capitalize off of people's lack. And it's just another form of capitalism, which isn't really, um, of course we can't get rid of capitalism. Right. But like, in a sense, if you're in a space where you're positioning yourself to help people and be of service and all these other things, it's kind of like, capitalizing off of people's lack in their identity and like their quote unquote inability to maybe not self-source things for themselves. I just don't vibe with, I don't resonate with, you know what I mean? And so in general, when it comes to the I help statements, it's so interesting, right? Like you click around on all these different bios and you're like, I help, I help, I help, I help. And I'm like, oh my God, like that is bothering me. Like, do I have to have that? Like, you know what I mean? And then I'm already like a person who likes to go against the grain. I don't like to be in groups of people who do all the same thing. I'm an, I have a lot of Aquarius in my chart. So I'm, I'm an like, Aquarius son. So I get Oh my it. God. Yes. I'm like the alien of the, of the humans. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, like it, it's really just something that I feel is a part of the coaching industry where people think that it your brand has to look a certain way, you have to speak a certain way, you have to say all the right things to create success and to attract people and like it really takes people out of alignment with like what would you really do if that was not a thing? Like if you didn't have to do that or if that didn't even exist, like what would you say? How would you present yourself? How would you identify yourself as a service provider, as a conscious business owner, as a spiritual bad bitch, whatever, right? And so it's really about like taking yourself out of this matrix again that has been created. It's kind of like coaching has become the corporate world online and, you know, taking yourself out of this box and this role and this position of this is who I help and blah, 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 even though it's important to be clear, but just want to say, you know, clarity doesn't come from an I help statement, like genuinely, but you know, it's really about taking yourself out of that box and making your own rules, like defining what your business, your brand statement, your website, your coaching programs, your things look like to you. And what I found is when you actually self-source from that space, you actually create a lot more success at a faster rate. And this is actually what happened for me. I had like a major quantum leap last year. I had like over a thousand percented my revenue compared to 2019 and 2020. So like when I actually started like self-sourcing my, my, my ideas, my creativity, how I presented my content, how I created content and my messaging and like not worrying about so much of like, does this make sense for that person? Is this person going to get me enough to want to buy from me? Then I really aligned with my authentic essence and my own energy. And I fully, I fully believe that when you're in your purest, truest expression in the universe, that's when you're the most abundant. It's not about like this surface level human only fixture of like, I have to talk this way and market this way and say things this way and show up like this to get these things. It's also about like, what is the intention and energy that's being carried through those things? You know? Oh yes. I'm just like praying hands, prayer <laughs> hands, like nodding along <laughs> because what you just said too, about people capitalizing on people's lack. That's what happened to me in my first group mastermind. 
where I remember being like, Oh, let me just think about the price. It was like a really big investment. And they were like, yeah, well, where are you going to be in six months if you don't invest and we yeah. need your deposit now? And you know, I'm just going to wait while you go grab your credit card. And I remember being like, Oh, do I have to learn this? Like this feels yeah. really gross. <laughs> and then like three months into the program, I remember being like, I don't think I should be in this program. And then they kind of like pushed me to stay and like worked all these loopholes. And I was like, everybody is saying the same thing. Like I followed everybody in the mastermind. Everybody's posting the same exact quotes, mm-hmm. the same exact things. And I was like, this can't be how the industry is. And right. funny enough, like I got out of that program and that was right around when I found your lives. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, she gets it. Like she's articulating yeah. what I'm thinking. And then you and Tori came out with that spiritual bad bitch upgrade. And that was like exactly what I needed in my life at that time. It was like yes. transitioning out of like a cult into something I actually <laughs> wanted to do. And yeah. after that bad bitch upgrade, it really was an upgrade. Like I remember people were like, you had a glow up, like something happened to you. I'm like, <laughs> I took this three day workshop with these amazing women. And like, you guys just delivered what so many people needed. And I want to talk a little bit about the self-sourcing piece that you're talking about, because there's a lot of people listening right now that are probably stuck in those group programs or masterminds Mm -hmm. or anything that they're just like, I don't feel like this is me, but maybe they think if I go against the grain, it's going to be too, too confusing Mm -hmm. because, you know, Mm -hmm. like you said, people are like, you have to be clear. You got to be so specific, which is important, but you Mm -hmm. can also be all uh, so many different expressions of yourself. And so Mm -hmm. I want to dive into that self-sourcing piece and like, how can you really tap into that? Yeah. So first thing when you're in a space of where you're not self-sourcing, the first thing you have to do is like look for evidence of people who are self-sourcing because it's really important for you to see that other people are doing what you might aspire to do or how you might aspire to show up. And again, that's not like saying like, look at people and copy them like you would do in like the coaching industry and like templicized, templicized people's authentic expression, right? Like it's not about that, but it's more so like creating evidence for yourself that like, I actually can have a personal brand where I do all the things that I want to do. I talk about all the things I want to do. I still have a community. I still have people purchasing my things. I still have clients, whatever. Right. But, um, you know, ultimately self-sourcing is about really, it's hard because it it means that you're putting the accountability and responsibility for answers on yourself. And that's what a lot of people don't like to do. They want to join the group program to figure out the formula to get to 6k months in seven days or whatever. Yeah. Well, a number. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so like, you know, that might be triggering for, you know, someone, right. I mean, and it works for some people, like maybe you are the person who really just wants to build out the business and make it work and get the money. And that's what you want. Right. But if for those of you who are in a space where it's like, no, like this business is more than just about money for me. Of course we all love money. We want money, right. Live bad bitch lifestyle. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) but ultimately, you know, your business is about your fulfillment, your happiness, your enjoyment, and making the most out of your human ex- human experience and helping other people do that at the same time. So self-sourcing means that you have to take full accountability and responsibility for sourcing from yourself what is true for you and how you want to do things. And one of the metaphors that I like to to kind of share with people is like, If you think about it, we all are an extension of source consciousness, which means that you, me, Chelsea, we all have this, this energy and power at our core that 
anything that we want to do, we can do it on our own. We don't need other people. We don't need other other people outside of us. You don't need anything outside of us. Right. And it's funny because you always hear in the coaching industry, you don't need any, everything you need is inside of you. But then it's like, let me sell you this program. (laughs) You know what I mean? And again, there's nothing wrong with joining programs. I love investing in myself. I love learning new information, but it's about the space in which you invest things from. Are you willing to let these things be an extension of you or is this something that you're um, adding to your tool basket or is this defining your success? Is this defining your path? Is this defining your journey? Right. At the end of the day, self-sourcing is about taking full accountability and responsibility for your uh, life and your answers. Right. Because again, no one else really is going to have the answer for you. We all have our different birth times, birthplaces, birth locations. We all have our own cosmic makeup. We all have our own backgrounds. We all have our own different experiences that makes all of us supremely unique. And so, you know, that is your results, your life, your business is all going to be dependent on your ability to actually ask yourself meaningful questions. And when you ask yourself meaningful questions and when you meditate and when you actually create a space in your brain and your consciousness to like be in the alpha state of receiving and creating, then you actually get to do things and have no idea how they happened. (laughs) Oh, I love that answer. And what you're talking about also is really like embodiment. And I know you've talked Mm -hmm. about this a lot where just because a coach makes 10k in 10 days or whatever, like doesn't mean they embody the expression of like wealth and generosity and, and Mm -hmm. money is such a tool that people lead with in the coaching industry. Mm -hmm. And I get it right. Like to your point, we all love money. And so it's kind of like the low hanging fruit of like, look, if I just throw out how much money I make, I can easily get people to sign up. But I've seen you I don't think you've ever used numbers. You talk about percentages. And I mean, from what I'm seeing, you're living a very opulent lifestyle (laughs) and you don't need to throw out the numbers. And so I'm curious, like, when did that happen for you where you're like, I don't need to lead with numbers. And why do you think people are like, what is your whole take on the embodiment piece of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had joined a course where the person was really talking about their numbers and experience with money. And this is how you manifest money and and all that. Right. And so I joined and when I got in the program, I was like, this is the content. Like, (laughs) like that's when I realized like marketing is just words. Most of the time marketing is just words. And I decided like, I don't want my words to be my marketing. Like, yes, my words are naturally my marketing because like, I just, I'm a great writer and I love marketing, right? But I want my marketing to be felt, to be seen. I don't have to, to like actually market myself, right? Like my, my embodiment, who I am, what I create, how I speak, how I show up is my marketing. And people can decide what that means for them, for themselves. I don't need to like force my lifestyle or force my results or force my success and prove to other people like, Oh, look, I have this. So like, I can help you do this. And also as of lately, as like my own personal consciousness has expanded and I've gotten the success, I live in the nice apartment in downtown Los Angeles. I do this, I do that, whatever. I realize like my soul, like ultimately, like none of these things actually mean anything. Like who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Like who cares? Like it doesn't matter. Like ultimately, like 
having things and material things and money, those are not the things that actually make you happy. They can aid in your happiness. I guess it can aid in your ability to travel and maybe travel makes you happy or, you know, have a nice environment or buy the candles or whatever. Right. But ultimately, like what I realized is that I didn't want to leave my marketing with that because money and success and in material things and having all the lifestyle things doesn't actually make you supremely purely happy. And I've been there because I've had my success in the last year and a half really. And I still had struggles and things that I was like not fully happy with. Like I have, you know, sitting 20 grand in my account and I'm like, "Mm, I just uh, like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So it's Mm. like, it's not all of the material things don't really mean anything. And I think that that's what people need to realize. And I mean, everyone's level of consciousness is different. Mine is different than someone else's. So maybe someone's at a consciousness where they're like, oh my God, no, these actually mean everything to me. Like that's what life is all about. Like, cool, like whatever. But for me personally and where I am on my spiritual journey is I'm realizing that these things are so menial to my actual experience. Like I actually value the small things, like being able to be present, being able to like feel my breath moving through my body, being able to sit still, being able to feel the breeze on my face and sitting with the ocean in front of me and actually see all the details of the ocean. You know what I mean? It's like, those are the things that really matter to me. So, you know, when I discovered that I was like, I don't want to market like with things. I I don't care. Like, you know, it's, it's even now I'm like, kind of like being a little bit more private with things instead of like posting every last person who joins something on my story to like prove like, Oh, people are joining my shit. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I'm just like letting people join. And I'm like, you know, posting myself on my balcony or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I realize that it's not about any of that. It's really just about like, are you enjoying your human experience? Are you present in the moment? Because you never know when your time is up. And I know that that sounds like a lot, like I used to not like when people say that because I'm like, no, like I have this future I need to create, like, you know, but then when you get so in the moment about like futures and, and what I need and what I don't have, it just really takes you out of the beauty of actually being a human. And being a human is not about any of this shit. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm so glad you brought up the the material and the money in this and even the money in your bank account because yeah. I see my clients and even the people I'm around chasing that big 10K month, the big 20K month. And I was chasing that for a long time because I was like, oh, once I hit that, then I'll be legitimate even though that's actually like discrediting everything Mm. before that. Like to Mm -hmm. say I'm only legitimate when I hit a 10 K month, you're literally discrediting anything before that. Like you didn't help clients when you were making one K a month. That's not true. Like you are helping people. And I remember hitting the big month and I was like, it was, it was like going to a coffee shop. Like I just looked at my numbers and I was like, well, that's cool. Like now I can maybe just give back more and pay off more debt, but it didn't change me as a person. And it sounds like that's what happened with you too. It's like, yeah, the money in your account grows, but it doesn't like, it's not like you walk into this room and now you're like a different person. Cause you have like this lens of making 20 K it's like, actually, I, I realized the magic is in the mundane, like the little, oh, yeah. little things. And I just learned actually the, the word wealthy comes from well-being and healthy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that. I was like, am I mm-hmm. an idiot? Like, I'm not, I don't know why I didn't know that. And yeah. so I started like thinking about ways that I'm wealthy in my life right now, because 
I used to identify wealth as having a really expensive car, living in a really mm-hmm. expensive zip code, wearing designer, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, Chelsea, you get to take Fridays off. You get to sleep in. You get to walk yeah. by the water every morning. You get to water your plants every day. And that's what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, I get to be present. I have space in my day to live like a human. It doesn't matter about the money in my bank account. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that hopefully the the coaching paradigm starts to shift of like, yeah, money does. Of course, we want to be real, well resourced. But if that's mm-hmm. the thing you're chasing, you're going to get there and it's going to be like chasing a ghost. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I got here and like, now what? Yeah, right. Now what do we do? Yeah. And just to touch on that too further, like that's the the issue and the the complexity and the kind of contradictory thing with the coaching industry is like, there's this talk of like knowing your worth and, and, and embodying your worth. But then also there's a sense of how that connects to externalizing your worth in money or externalizing your worth in things that you have. And it's like, Oh, now I know that I've proved, or I feel my worth because I have this now. And it's like, people actually don't begin to actually feel super worthy until they actually get there. And it's like, "Mm, that's where you get in a cycle of, you know, being up and down emotionally or being up and down in, in terms of how you feel like safe or, you know, like secure within yourself is when like you are actually externalizing your worth and the things that you've created. Oh, a hundred percent. I feel like one thing that drew me so much into the spiritual bad bitch workshop that you did with Tori too, was the way you use words and articulate things in your language. And you've done actually masterclasses and courses (laughs) about language. And I'm curious where did that come from? Or do you just feel like you channel it from how much you do self-source? Yeah. So it's a mixture of both. So I, my favorite subject in school was English. I was always that person who would like write, you know, a paper the night it was due and then get an A plus on it. So like, I've always naturally just been someone who likes to express myself through words. It's actually funny because I, I feel that I am more expressive and articulate when I write things than when I speak. And that's just Mm. mainly because I'm, I think it's my Aquarius moon. I just have my consciousness in my head and the way that things come through when I type things out, is just so different than when I speak (laughs) sometimes. But, um, uh, aside from that, in terms of taking that into marketing and vibrational word mapping is one of the methodologies that I've created about it, about writing and language. It's really more so it comes from embodiment. And that's why I say like, you know, marketing and joining all the marketing programs and learning all the things doesn't necessarily um, help you advance in a ways that you could when you market yourself. Because if your language isn't embodied, if those things are coming from the core of your your body, your arms, your legs, like when I talk, I can feel my language in my arms, in my, in my, in my chest, in my stomach, right? So it's kind of like understanding the vibration of words and language and how those things are sourced from you based on your experiences and what you embody. Oh, I love that. And something that was interesting that really started to shift my view of the coaching industry and the language I use was one day in the program, you actually took someone's post and you were realizing like some of the disempowering language they were using and being like a little too aggressive and And I was like, well, that's the way I've learned it too, is like pick up their pain points and make them sit in their pain and then show them the solution. And I had been taught that way for so long through so many different programs that 
to hear that there was this other way. I mean, it seems so obvious that there would be another way to market. But being in that program, I ended up booking a one-on-one call with you because I was like, I feel like I need to learn how to shift to this new paradigm. And I want you to walk us through a little bit of like, what are some examples of language that we can use instead of always hitting at someone's pain points, how to like empower someone to look at their vision and actually move forward, not sit in that pain. Right. So the easiest way is if you've been taught, you know, the opposite way of like pain points and things like that, you now know the languaging of that. And you, you know, kind of got that out on your, on your paper and your notepad, whatever. Right. And what I would say is like, look at those things and ask yourself like what the opposite of that is. Right. It's kind of like, you know, how people tell you, Oh, look at the pain points and like create language and experiences and describe what they're going through using those things. Instead of doing that, just immediately go to the opposite, immediately go to the opposite. And like, it's kind of like a calibration of giving people insight to, a new part of their timeline. Right. And so instead of even having to start with, you know, so much pain and so much disempowering language that really gets people like confused, right. Especially like there's so much information out there and everyone's information that they decide to give is subjective to their experience. So sometimes people are reading things because language can be so vague and not as dense and not as uh, specific, people can start reading things and associate themselves to things that aren't even their reality or true. So that's the the problem with pain points is like, then everyone's running around saying, this is my problem. This is my problem. I have this problem too. I have this problem too. I have this problem too. And then that leaves people scattered and, and making decisions out of lack. But if you just focus on like the ultimate vision of like what someone desires, they can begin to start picturing how that looks and feels more for themselves so that when they come down to a desire to invest in a program about this, they can more easily decide like, okay, this is the person for me based on the vision and experience and feelings that I had from their content, or this is the experience and um, feelings and sensations that I had from this person's content. And this is why I want to invest in them, right? When there's pain involved, it creates a larger spectrum of overwhelm for people. Mm. And when you diminish that or make that smaller by just focusing on calibrating people into a higher vision of themselves, they actually get more in touch with their higher selves and make a more sound core heart-based decision. Oh, I love that. It's so true. It's like, we don't need to be infomercials. Like, are you stressed? Are you tired? Here's my program. It's so (laughs) played out at this point. It's like, we need to move on from that language. And I'm so happy that people like you exist to show us another way. And something that I admire about you too, is your ability to change your mind and be okay with it. And I remember in the beginning of the year, you were running like a masterclass series and you're really excited about it. And then you're mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm not doing it. I've changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and recently you've talked about, I believe shutting down your membership. And I want to talk yeah. about that. Like what prompts you to change your mind and how do you feel? Because I'm sure there's people listening. Like I actually don't really want to run my mastermind, but I've already marketed yeah. it and they need, they need an expander mm-hmm. to hear from. Yeah. So for me, everything, every decision I make, everything I do has to be rooted in, is this making me happy? Do I feel aligned doing this? And and is that, if that's the case, yes or no, will I be able to fully show up and give the experience that I've promised? And for me, integrity is a huge thing. Like I literally cannot stand the sensation or feeling of 
doing something out of obligation or doing something out of, oh, I already like said I was going to do this in this way. Or even like, I would rather be quote unquote embarrassed, which I'm never embarrassed about deciding something that's best for myself. Right. It can feel embarrassing at first if you've never done it before. Like, oh my God, I had magnetized these people into this thing. And I actually changed my mind. I don't want to do it anymore. So now I have to tell, like, it's totally fine. Like that's, honestly a success move because then you actually, you know, close energetic leaks and create more conscious creativity and spaciousness for yourself, which actually just results in more abundance. But ultimately, if we're talking about, you know, like why I closed my membership, why I even decided not to um, do the masterclass series at the beginning of the year. So I'm a manifesting generator (laughs) first thing. And so a lot of times like things sound really, really exciting. I feel really, really good about it. And then maybe after like a couple of days or a week or whatever, I'm just like, actually like, Hmm. Like, I don't know if this actually feels conducive to the time, energy, and an overall investment that I want to do in my business right now, or I want to do in my life right now. And so essentially for me, deciding to change my mind comes down to making sure that everything in my business and within myself is aligned with that. The reason why that's important to me is again, integrity, but also like energy, like energy and creativity is so important to me. And if you're spending time doing things out of obligation or out of the avoidance of embarrassment or guilt or shame or whatever, then you're just actually creating that subconscious reality within yourself and it's draining your energy because you're still having to show up to do the things you actually don't want to do. And so um, for me, I actually see it as a power move to be able to stand up and be like, hey, you know what, guys, like this was fun at the beginning, but I'm starting to feel like... I'm not showing up my best in here and this isn't really the style or, you know, of the way that I would like to do this. So I'm going to refund you for this month. And thank you so much for being here up to this time. And yeah, I'll see you around on the internet, like period. That's it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And people actually respect you for that because at the end of the day, we're all humans. Like we need to drop this idea of like professionalism and even like um, this idea of like, it kind of stems from corporate where it's like, you know, you have to do things that you don't want to do. Like I know I remember in corporate having to do that, like in order to gain approval or to be seen as worthy of a raise or to be, to have your coworkers continue to get along with you. Like you can't be the human that you are essentially like who doesn't want to do that. Right. And of course in a corporate environment, it's different. I guess everybody has to do things they don't want to do whatever. I'm not with that. But for me and my business, it's important for me to always feel like I want to show up. I want to do this. I desire that. And then that energy is, is what carries me through being able to do it. But if the energy is not there, then what I'm going to give a lackadaisical non-present experience. And that's, I would never do that to people. I love that. Like living in integrity and embodying your work really seems like what you are here to do. And like, I love the idea of not just because you said you have to do it doesn't mean you have to, but I'm curious because I feel like I've done that before. I've changed my mind, but it was kind of out of insecurity of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, no one's signing Mm -hmm. up. I got to change my mind. And so Mm -hmm. what do you think is the difference between like insecurity and just like knowing in your heart, like this actually is not Mm -hmm. meant to be happening right now. Yeah. So with insecurity, sometimes 
those are still valuable lessons, right? Because you obviously acknowledged like, oh, wow, I might be feeling a little bit insecure about this. I'm going to back out of it. Um, but the thing with that is it happens to all of us, you know, like you have to give yourself grace and, and be like, Mm, okay, so this didn't work out the way that I thought it would, or it's not working out the way I wanted it to, but like, have I done everything I can from the knowledge, tools, and resources that I have to, to promote this, talk about this, get people in this? And if the answer is yes, then you've done the best that you could. And there's absolutely no reason to be insecure because a lot of the times insecurity comes from a sense or spaciousness of I'm not enough or I'm not doing enough. And if you know that you've exhausted all your resources and your promotion channels and, you know, you've shown up for it, then what is there to be insecure about? It's just that people just, it wasn't, it wasn't the time. Maybe it wasn't the program, maybe, you know, whatever. So for me, it's, it's at all costs in my business. I like to avoid blaming myself. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's more so about just like, accepting that it is what it is. And success does not mean having a successful launch every time you launch. Like I have had launches that don't go as well as I thought they would, or as many people as I wanted to didn't join. Right. But at the end of the day, if I sat there and like focused on that or felt like, oh, I didn't do enough or I'm not enough or whatever, it would prevent me from moving forward. So in those moments, I just really allow myself to feel like the feelings of disappointment or, you know, whatever because of that result, but not make it mean anything about me. Oh, so good. I, I recently had a program that only resulted in one paid spot, but I was like, can you just imagine right now if I shut down my business and I was like, well, (laughs) this one course didn't go as planned. So that's it. We're over. I'm going back to corporate. It's like, no, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Like I'm actually going to keep doing my business. And to your point, I didn't make it about me. It was like, maybe the title was off. Maybe I didn't give them enough time to decide. Maybe I was promoting too many things at once, but it's like, I'm not going to sit here and have a pity party about what it means about me as a person, because I know the work that I've done. And I feel like that's what you're saying too, is we need other success metrics outside of 10K months and course launches. Like we need right. to define some new success metrics. Yes, absolutely. I want to talk about astrology because I know you're so into it. You've referenced it several times. And it's funny, we almost have like opposite things. So you're Virgo sun, Aquarius moon, and Libra rising. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm an Aquarius sun, Virgo moon, Virgo rising. Oh, wow. so, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so like, oh my God, it's so interesting. And I know this is something you've talked about. You've really integrated into your work. So where did the spark to learn more about astrology and really what did it help you uncover as you started learning about it? Yeah. So for me, I first explored astrology, it was years ago, but I actually became best friends in the pandemic with an astrologer by the name of Raquel. And, um, so she's an astrologer. She's been in astrology for over 15 years now. And so I was learning a lot from her. She was talking about it. I was like in all of her, in all of her programs. And so, um, when I had actually started exploring more, you know, in the pandemic, you pick up new hobbies. I bought an astrology encyclopedia. Like I was reading it every day. It was really more from a space of like, 
I want to get to know myself more. I want to understand myself more. And also I was at a space too, where I was doing a lot of inner child healing. And so I was like, let me read about my parents. Like, let me see what their, you know, astrology is that kind of thing. And so for me, um, astrology and the passion for it really came from probably all my Aquarius placements. I'm super ethereal, kind of like into the stars, like staring into space kind of vibes. It, it really became something that I wanted to learn from a space of knowing myself and having, you know, just a deeper connection with like my life and like all the things that I am and what has I've experienced because it really does speak to that in so many different ways. What are some of your favorite resources for astrology? Yeah. So I have this encyclopedia that I referred to earlier, which is the Parker's astrology. Also, I really like listening to different people on YouTube, mainly because when you everyone has a different uh, perspective with different placements in astrology. So sometimes I'll listen to like a listen to a video about the same placement from four different people just to see like how everyone else describes it or how everyone else has studied it and seen it. Um, for me, I like to follow my dopamine and sometimes sitting down and reading a book for a long time just makes me like not excited. <laughs> so like I will like listen to um, videos and like walk around or like you know, while I'm driving or something like that. But really, um, the Parker's astrology has been a super stellar resource in terms of like learning all about the houses, the, the signs, the, how to read a birth chart. There's just so many different things. And then of course I use astro.com. So astro.com has like a lot of different articles. It allows you to generate birth charts. Um, and it's just a really overall general good resource and then um, another another website is Cafe Astrology. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. the nerd. I'm like, Cafe Astrology is really good. Um, and then let's see, there's another one. I can't remember. I'll just send it to you after and you can maybe like link it in the show notes. But yeah. it's another one that allows you to read the synastry of your chart and someone else. So I know sometimes reading your chart and someone else, you maybe shouldn't make relationship decisions off of that. But I always like to know, like, what is my astrology lineup? Look what someone else is. So. Oh, I love those. And you ended up doing a class called Zodiac Appeal and incorporating this into your work. So can you tell us just like a little bit of the tidbits from that class? Yeah. So Zodiac Appeal was specifically about how to tap into your cosmic creative codes to um, create better content and to show up in a way that's more aligned. So if you think about it, like someone who's a Pisces and has lots of Pisces placements, maybe their Venus is in Pisces or, you know, they have a Pisces fifth house placement, which the fifth house is all about creativity, fun, that kind of thing. Maybe one of the ways in which they could create content that felt more aligned with them was to write poetry or, you know, something that feels more like watery in the sense of like them being able to express themselves that might feel better than choosing to go on a live stream and like give 10 tips for 10 things. Right. Um, so essentially Zodiac appeal is a exploration of your birth chart. It discovers, it talks about your sun, moon, rising, mercury, Venus and fifth house placement. And essentially all of those placements are, are, um, directly related to your creativity, how you express yourself and, um, how you show up. And then through that, I also gave like a bunch of different recommendations for, you know, someone with this placement, 
um, here, how that might help you, you know, create better content or, you know, what might be a better way for you to show up that feels more exciting and authentic to you. So that's really what Zodiac Appeal is all about. Oh, I love that. Do you mind if I ask you, like, what do you think? <laughs> I, I, if I was taking this class and you saw my chart where it's just Aquarius sun, Virgo moon and rising and my North mm-hmm. nodes in Capricorn. And I mm-hmm. have, I think I have five or six placements in Capricorn. I have a lot of Capricorn mm-hmm. in my chart. A lot of Capricorn. Mm-hmm. What would be like a Fallon's mastermind recommendation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would say if you are, since you have a lot of Virgo and Capricorn, that's a lot of earth energy. So like really your actions need to be like streamlined into kind of like the same things that you would do every day, if that makes sense. So like the way that you create content might not be this airy flowy kind of like, Oh, I'm going to do this, this day and this, that day. And then you might need to like create a strategic, uh, format of creating content for yourself that works for you, but also incorporates, um, the Virgo side of being organized and really, you know, the way that it's presented might be, uh, very formatted and aesthetic and that kind of thing. Um, I'm not really familiar with North node things. I know that that the North node is like your destiny. It's kind of like where you should follow things. So like with a North node in Capricorn, like it probably means that you need Saturn, Saturn rules Capricorn and Saturn is all about responsibility and, and success and things like that and rewarding your success when you are responsible. So like, um, I would say that it's mainly for you, like an aspect of consistency and, um, you know, really taking your experiences and the things that you learn and turning that into content and things that you can share to help with other people, but also like up leveling yourself from those experiences. Ooh, I love that. This is so helpful. And I used to be really against like format and discipline and streamlining mm-hmm. because I would identify so much with my Aquarius sun. And I'm also a reflector. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm a six, two reflector. So I'm always like, I'm airy and flowy, but then I thought <laughs> about it and I'm like, Chelsea, you do the podcast every week. I've been doing the podcast every week for like four years. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, why do I think I need to reinvent the wheel? And just recently I thought about doing an audio course and I'm like, yeah. how is this coming to me? four years later to do not do an audio course. And I, it came to me, I literally wrote it out Monday, recorded it today. And it's like done. It's the easiest thing I've ever made. I already know it's going to be so helpful. And I was like, yeah, wait a second to your point, the consistency of using my voice and having the podcast actually was a nice segue to create something new, which is my Aquarius placement being more Mm -hmm. innovative and disruptive. Like I don't really see that many audio experiences i'm like oh this is to your point how astrology you can start to see how it brings these like beautiful pieces together and it's so exciting i'm i'm so excited to learn more about astrology as well yes and capricorn is all about that steady success so even though it's like you know your fourth year in the in podcasting maybe in the first or second year it wasn't meant for you to like have that idea mainly because like you needed to like get to that space of like okay i'm being consistent i'm i'm studying my success i'm studying this platform and then boom like that idea comes to you. Oh my so. God. It's so crazy. And then I just decided actually to do podcast coaching and I was like, yeah, we'll see about this. Oh God, and it's yes. been the, it's been the easiest thing. Like I, I oh, don't yeah. even, I promoted it one time on stories, book three people easily. I just yes. promoted it again. I'm like, and someone even said, they're like, I don't know why you didn't do this from the jump. Like, <laughs> you, you are like the podcast person. I'm like, I think it took what, going back to what this whole conversation has been about, like a lot of self-reflection, a lot of disassociating from all the things that I've learned mm-hmm. around, you have to do this and this and this. And 
I was so accustomed to like making my, you know, pyramid match everybody right. else's pyramid that it took a lot yeah. of like being on my own and being like, what are your gifts? What are you good at? Learning about astrology and human design and all these fun self-discovery tools that finally I feel like, okay, my voice is my best expression. Let me mm-hmm. use that and create audio experiences, podcast coaching, this and that. And it's like, it took a while to get here, but I'm like, truly yes. the, the work <laughs> you do and the stuff you put out there has been so helpful in getting me to this point too. Yay. Oh my God. It makes me so happy. You're very vocal on your live streams. <laughs> and I feel like you're not afraid to like call people out and just get to it. And I'm curious, like a lot of people probably want to, but they're scared of the backlash. Like, have you gotten backlash and are you like, how do you deal with that when you are so vocal? Yeah. So I actually have never experienced backlash or a hater comment unless it was from like some random spam account. Um, but for me, the reason why is because one, I know that like part of my energy, like is meant to do that. So like when I do that, people just don't, they just like, Oh, I'm not going to say anything, especially like in in a place where they're like not even confident enough in themselves to speak up and speak the truth. Like, why would they step to me? Like, they're not going to say anything. You know what I mean? And even if they do, I'm literally unbothered. Like, your opinion, your truth is not going to change mine. And I'm always open to, you know, uh, self-reflection and, you know, saying, okay, well, maybe my opinion changed here. I could have been expressed differently here or whatever. I've literally never worry about people saying anything, but (laughs) if, you know, you're in a space where you have things that you want to share in your heart that might feel disruptive or feel like, Oh my God, like no one's talked about this before, or, you know, I've seen this thing and I think something's wrong with that. And I want to speak up about it. Um, what I would say is, you know, like, first of all, the best thing you can do for yourself is honoring your voice. And the reason why I say that is because like, there are so like, there's something that happens alchemically in your body when like you just allow yourself to fully express yourself. Like regardless if it's, you know, someone else sees it as negative or someone else doesn't understand it or someone else disagrees or whatever, like at the end of the day, like honoring your truth and its full spectrum is so important because it actually helps you to grow. You know what I mean? Like you might look back two years later and be like, uh, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't think that way anymore. Like there are things that I said last year, even, you know, regarding like, things like, um, you know, race and anti-racism that I actually, I'm like, "Mm, I think that was a little self-oppressive or I think that was a little, you know, like, I don't really agree with that statement anymore. And the reason, you know, why I was able to now be like, okay, my mind changed or I've evolved from that is because I've actually expressed it in the first place instead of, instead of suppressing it or oppressing it inside of myself. And so I think that using your voice is actually a great way to, you know, begin to create transformation within yourself. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's what the podcast is for me. Like looking back at four years ago, I'm like, I don't even remember half the shit I said, but (laughs) because I said it, it really was therapeutic. I got it out. I said it. And now it's like, okay, I've evolved. I can move on. But there was also something you've been vocal about. And I remember you did a podcast on it that I'm like, Ooh, I bet this activated some people was about Mm -hmm. beauty and like mm-hmm. spirituality and plastic surgery and, and, and you yeah. know, and beauty enhancements. I really want to dive into this because there is a whole world of, I call it like spiritual elitists out there that it's mm-hmm. okay to spend money on crystals and ayahuasca retreats and all this stuff, but it's not okay to spend money on a boob job or fillers or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. And you recently have talked about your breast augmentation, which you're like so yeah. excited about. And I <laughs> yes. want your... 
and they look great by the way. Thank you. <laughs> and I want to hear your opinion on this whole idea of like, you can't be spiritual and get fake lashes, fillers and boobs. Yeah. Well, firstly, the whole idea of spirituality was created by mankind. So the word spiritual in itself is like, that's a label. You know what I mean? Like spirituality and having a, a, um, a relationship with God is the same thing as me being a human and walking into a boob store. <laughs> That's what it's called, but you know, plastic <laughs> surgery and getting boobs. You know what I mean? Like everything is definitive based on how someone else wants to define it. And the thing is, it's like with spirituality and all of these things, there's literally everything exists for a reason, right? Like if, if it wasn't, if God or the universe, whatever, didn't want this to exist or this to be possible, it wouldn't be, you know what I mean? And even the shadow side of, of humanity and darkness and evil, that is just as valid as the light, you know what I mean? So it's like, people need to get out of this idea that there's a right way to be spiritual and just understand that being spiritual is actually being an acceptance. It's actually just being like able to live in a dualistic beyond. It's more than dualism actually, because there's like millions and infinite different types of realities and reasons and data and all these things that we can never figure out. But being spiritual is actually just like being true to your own path and being accepted and being in acceptance of everything else. And so if I choose to boost my confidence by having bigger boobs and that helps me have more centered, grounded, fun, confident energy, to me, that is spiritual. Um, you know what I mean? Like for me, even being like a Libra rising, like looking good, feeling good is it looking good is a huge part of me feeling good. And so like if I wanted to enhance myself in any type of way, that actually for me might be true for, you know, an energy that feels spiritual to me. And, you know, just like someone else wants to go to fucking Costa Rica and drink ayahuasca all day, like, <laughs> you know, like that's for them. I don't know if I would do that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to, I personally don't feel like I need to use other substances, whether they're natural or not in, to get to a spiritual place. You know what I mean? Like I don't, and I also don't believe that spirituality is all about healing and learning and growing all the time. Sometimes spirituality is just about being like, this is who I am. This is where I am. I am okay. Just where I'm at. I'm safe. Just where I'm at exactly how I am. And that's perfect. You know what I mean? So I really think that spirituality is just an idea created by humankind. And in reality, when you're put here on this earth and this planet, you really can just do whatever you want. Like whatever you're doing is spiritual because <laughs> the, it's, it's there, it's present, you know what I mean? And, and spirituality is really just interconnectedness with the universe in your life that you have. So that's how I see it. Oh yeah. I feel like spirituality, especially, I don't know if you noticed this, like over the pandemic just started to become really boxed in. Like, Oh, if you yeah. have an Oracle deck and you can read the Akashic records and do all these things, like then you're more spiritual than that person. When it's right. like, when did we start categorizing spirituality as like almost like right. a sport like oh are yeah. you the gold tier or the platinum <laughs> tier like it's do not you do do you do light language activations <laughs> on live like i don't give a fuck like right. honestly like everyone <laughs> like everyone does things differently like someone might be on live like moving their hands about doing light activations and i might just be sitting on the sun in my with my coochie out, like on my, on my balcony. And that's a fucking light activation for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Stop. Like, <laughs> mm. 
it's like you get, we all get activated in different ways and who's to say what's right and wrong right exactly oh my god i love that well i have had so much fun talking to you i just have two final questions yes. one of my favorite things that you used to do and i don't know if you do them anymore but they were so amazing were like your marketing divinations where you could mm. really like forecast what was coming up and I remember in the beginning of the year, you did one that was like these shorter time frame experiences are really going to help people. Something like mm-hmm. that, obviously, yeah. shortening it. And I remember <laughs> yeah. being like, oh, oh, good. I don't have to do a six month mastermind. I can do like a three day workshop or a 90 minute yeah. masterclass. And yeah. I feel like those and audio experiences, you know, with Clubhouse and podcasting and all these things. And I'm curious now that we're in June and we're looking to the end of the year, have you noticed any trends or shifts in marketing that you see are going to really expand? Yeah. So, um, I think, like I said, going back to the audio, that's a really, really popular thing because a lot of people are realizing how overstimulated they are on social media. And that's why like, you know, things like Instagram and TikTok keep coming out with these new features and all these things to keep people's attention and the dopamine. But like those of us who are a little bit more like conscious of our behavior with social media, um, we're kind of like, I'm tired of looking at a screen all day. I'm tired of, I don't want to see people's face and watch videos for an hour. Um, I kind of just want to get some information, get a quick motivation, get a quick boost, get some in- something that I can integrate right then and there. And that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I used to go live for over an hour. And now I'm like, my lives are like 20, 20 minutes just so that people can get like, you know, the information that they need It's straight to the point. Um, and then yeah, really community, right? Like, but community in a way that again, isn't, isn't really giving that overstimulation. You know what I mean? Like when you log into Facebook and Instagram, there's just so much, you know what I mean? And it kind of can be a lot for the brain. So, um, I personally have found that like my client retention is great offline where, you know, I'm not talking to people online all the time or having communities online, but maybe it's just like, you know, in a group text or Voxer or like whatever, you know what I mean? Or in like a separate group that's not on social media. But yeah, that's what I would say. Oh, I love those insights. And it's, it's yeah. really validating because I shut down my Facebook group a few months oh, ago yeah. and I was just like, I can't, it's too much. There's too many groups, too, too many much. things. Mm-hmm. And then with, I've actually heard a lot of people be like, I am so over posting in feed on Instagram. Like same. I'm done yeah. with it. And I'm like, I feel the same way. Like I really only like posting quick stories. Even yeah. like I like reels, but I'm like, sometimes the production of it, I'm like, do I really <laughs> want to sit down and make all the transitions? I'm like, yeah. I just want audio in and out. You can listen to me while you're doing other shit and then move on with yep. your day. It's like, yeah, I love that. Well, I ask everybody this question. My podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion. And clearly you're an expert in marketing, content, influencing, beauty. I mean, you have so many different expertises, but what is something you're not an expert in that you wish you were? Mm, This is going to sound so random, but breath work. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Breath that. work. I had a couple of experiences with breath work and it's actually something that I've been doing more so on my own following along with the video, but I'm just like, wow, like if I really could do this by myself, like without guidance, like that would be amazing. So maybe I'll go find a class or something. <laughs> oh, I love that. I already know here we're going to have like 
Fallon's breathwork certification oh, or something. So right? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Well, you always have amazing offers out there. Like I said, I've worked with you one-on-one and in your group experiences and they're incredible, but is there anything specific that's coming out that you want to share or what's going on in Fallon's world that people can get involved? Yeah. So I actually recently just opened up my one-on-one again. I took breaks from working with people one-on-one just to get my energy back calibrated. Working with people one-on-one can be very like taxing sometimes. Um, so I recently opened up my one-on-one and then I also just have a ton of evergreen courses on business and marketing um, on my website. And that's foundsiderfield.info slash begin. Ooh, love that. And then what about your podcast? Yes. So I do have a podcast. It's fairly new. It's called Spiritual Bad Bitch Antics. Um, As of late, I've had um, some amazing conversations with people on there about hypnotherapy, cryptocurrency. And today I'm interviewing someone about God, sex, and money. So it's going to be really, really bomb. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. And guys, go give it a listen. Obviously, you can tell from this conversation, Fallon does not hold back on being transparent (laughs) and adding context, which is like my favorite thing ever. So I had a blast today. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Thank you for having me. Well, that is a wrap on this week's episode. I hope you were laughing just as much as Fallon and I were. I had so much fun with her. Be sure to follow her on Instagram and support her work at Fallon Satterfield. And make sure you follow me at Chelsea Ripe or at Non-Expert Opinion Pod. You can check out my work at ChelseaRipe.com. And if you want to work together, you can definitely check out the show notes where I have my one-on-one podcast coaching open, as well as Mic Drop, which is a four-week course all about launching your own podcast, which kicks off in mid-September. So we do have a bit of time, but make sure you grab that early bird pricing, which ends on August 15th. If you have any questions, DM me and be sure to leave a rating or review and you will be entered into a giveaway to win Magnetic Manifestation 101 and I will pull that winner at the end of the month. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next week.